Hey, Lighting Today is May 4th. My name is Jack, and welcome to a daily episode of The Light Angle. I'll be spending the next 5 to 15 minutes talking about some stuff going on in the world while introducing scripture in hopes of spreading the good news of our King of Kings, Jesus Christ, and using that knowledge to better deal with the negativity we find ourselves living in day to day. As always, your five-star review, liking, subscribing, and sharing of the show with others helps us better spread the light angle and the word of God. All right. Holy cow, lots of stuff. Well, one huge thing has happened in the last 24 hours, and uh, odds are pretty good you're already aware of it. So we're talking about the uh, Roe versus Wade leaked majority opinion draft. Uh, Basically what that is, well, I'm going to get into it, but basically what it is is the Supreme Court justices got together, they made a decision uh, or ruling on the Roe versus Wade, which has to do with, you know, making uh, abortion um, an option in every state, making it basically a federal law, which it shouldn't be. Um, and uh, yeah, people are going crazy. Other people are super happy and excited. Um, <clears throat> it's a very interesting time we're living in. Uh, but anyway, to do with all this, I actually have three articles I'm going to touch on, all from the Daily Wire, because they did a really good at, job at covering a bunch of stuff. Um, and so there's obviously good. There is some very bad and there is some holy cow, people are crazy. So we're going to touch on all three of those. So buckle up. This might be more than 10 minutes long. All right. So the first one, again, from the Daily Wire, five key takeaways from the leaked majority opinion draft overruling Roe versus Wade. Uh, I'm just going to touch on these because this article is actually pretty long. But let's get into it. On Monday evening, Politico dropped a massive leak Supreme Court decision before the court had even officially handed it down. According to the leaked draft, which is 98 pages long, the majority opinion held that Roe versus Wade was egregiously wrong from the start, effectively overturning the landmark decision that legalized abortion around the country. The political report sent the country into rage, rejoice, and confusion. But what does the leaked initial draft say about abortion going forward, and what does it mean if the court follows through this, this, with this decision? Here are five takeaways. Number one, Roe and Casey must be overruled. Justice Samuel Alito, the author of the draft, states the decision plainly for all to understand. Roe and Casey were poor decisions and do not hold up under the scrutiny of the Constitution. There you go. Number two, the Constitution requires abortion to be decided by states. Before Roe, abortion was left up to the states. In 1970, New York legalized the practice, becoming a magnet for women who wanted to determinate their pregnancies but were barred from doing so where they lived. Other states soon followed suit. Uh, Number three. Where's number three? Holy cow, I went past it. Number three is overturning precedent. In the Dobbs versus Jackson draft opinion, the court overrules prior precedent set by Roe, and Alito notes that some of our most important constitutional decisions have overruled prior precedents. He points to the infamous decision in Plessy versus Ferguson, a case that established the separate but equal treatment of black Americans. In Brown versus Board of Education, the court repudiated the separate but equal doctrine, which had allowed states to maintain racially segregated schools and other facilities. Alita writes, in doing so, the, sco- the court overruled the infamous decision in Plessy versus Ferguson, along with six other Supreme Court precedents that had applied the separate but equal rule. Number four, Roe and Casey have divided the country. 
A point easily lost in the bombshell report is the reason these cases have caused so much panic in the first place. Even some liberals will admit Roe and Casey were poorly reasoned arguments with little to no basis in the Constitution and were decided more on political motivations than on constitutional principles. So it should be no surprise that the decisions led to years of division and hostility between political parties, friends, neighbors, and family. And filing number five, there's a racial disparity to, to abortion. Justice Alito ventured into even more controversial territory in his draft opinion, as he writes of the early supporters of abortion who favored eugenics, especially as a way to control the black population. Some such supporters have been motivated by a desire to suppress the size of the African-American population, Alito writes. It is beyond dispute that Roe has had the demographic effect. A highly disproportionate percentage of aborted fetuses are black. He is correct in his connection of abortion to racism. In the early 20th century, some of the most influential abortion advocates, such as Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger, also supported eugenics and had ties to racism. Planned Parenthood even removed Sanger's name from one of their clinics after backlash from people pointing out Sanger's racism. According to a congressional report from June 2015, black women made up 30%, 36% of all women getting abortions, while only making up 14% of the childbearing population. Since 73, over 19 million black babies have been aborted, meaning around 30% of all aborted babies were black, even though African Americans make up only 12% of the U.S. population. Opponents of abortion have long pointed out this harrowing reality, to have the argument written down in Supreme Court decision cements its importance in history for all to see. It's very interesting, you know, when you think about uh, the political side of all this and what side is, you know, in outrage of this. And yet their biggest audience they're trying to speak to is the black audience. It doesn't make sense, does it? Very ironic. Anyway, that's article number one. So that as a Christian and as just a person with morals should be the great news. The fact that, you know, abortion is going to be left up to the States to determine what to do. And there's going to be, you know, freedom for, well, there's going to be life. More babies will live. That's always a good thing. But, uh, all right. So this next one, and this is the scary part. This is the bad part. Uh, chief justice Roberts likely to order investigation of SCOTUS leak. Chief Justice John Roberts will likely order a full FBI investigation into the leaked Supreme Court draft, according to a new report from CBS. The news comes hours after an unprecedented leak of a draft majority or opinion that showed the court could be set to overturn the landmark 73 Roe v. Wade ruling. Chief Justice Roberts is likely to order a full investigation involving the FBI into the reported leak of a draft majority position. Monday evening, political released the leaked SCOTUS draft to public, but it remains unclear who inside the court leaked it. Initial reports suggest Roberts did not sign on with majority opinion, as the other five conservative justices allegedly held that Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled, Alito writes in the draft. I already talked about that. Political reported that the three Democratic-appointed justices, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Ilana Kagan are working on one or more dissents, according to the person. How Chief Justin Justice John Roberts will ultimately vote, and whether he will join an already written opinion or draft is now unclear. 
Court experts told the Daily Wire that the leak could be a political move. The leak appears to be totally, totally political in nature, not only intended to damage the court and pressure the justices, but more immediately to incite Democrats to push their laundry list of terrible anti-life ideas, including blowing up the filibuster and attempting to codify abortion violence at the federal level prior to the November elections. So this is very um, interesting. And the reason it's so scary is because the... Uh, um, the Supreme court is, you know, one of the three departments, you know, branches of our government and they are not elected. They have no, and because of that, in the fact that they can, you know, be a Supreme court justice for life, um, means that there should not be any outside influence other than their own personal political ideals. Um, and, it kind of makes the system as imperfect as it is and as horrible as our government seems to be at times. The fact that there are these different branches of government, um, you know, provide, um, oh, geez, <laughs> having a brain dump, um, balance, you know, uh, that's not the term I wanted, but it's going to work. Uh, you know, it provides balance to it. And the Supreme Court has to have their own confidentiality. And the fact that someone from within, you know, leak this out for political, you know, reasons is dirty, it's corrupt, and it's very scary. The fact that if our judicial system and the highest court in the country is now corrupt as the rest of the branches are, um, this is on a downward spiral. And pile that on top of the protests and riots that started last night or the other night, uh, as soon as this came out and it's just a whole big mess. So, uh, we'll see where this goes. And then finally, this last article, man, oh man, oh man. So this is again from the daily wire. The title of this one is sacred. If Moloch is your God, Democrats ripped after calling abortion sacred, right? Oh, why would you say that? Anyway, let's get into it. On Monday night, following the leak of a Supreme Court draft indicating the court would act to overturn Roe versus Wade, Democrats reacted by ranting that abortion was a sacred right, triggering fierce condemnation. John Fetterman, the Democratic Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania, tweeted that the right to an abortion is sacred. Hmm. Fetterman was echoed one hour later by the Nevada Democratic Party, which ranted, the right to choice is sacred. The right to privacy is sacred. The right to control your own body is sacred. Abortion is health care. Is healthcare. We will never stop fighting for the rights of women in Nevada and across America. <sighs> the, right, the claim that abortion is sacred, right, sparked harsh criticism. Ed Whalen, Deputy Assistant Attorney General for former President George W. Bush, snapped, Sacred, if Moloch is your god. <laughs> the Encyclopedia Britannica notes that Moloch was a Canaanite deity associated in biblical sources with the practice of child sacrifice. Yeah. Writer Delano Squires fired, Can you be clear about how the intentional destruction of human life is a sacred rite? Mm, GOP consultant Matt Whitlock reacted, This bill would legalize abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. What an absolutely insane position to take. National Review's John McCormick pointed out, Fetterman, frontrunner for Pennsylvania Dem Senate nomination, was asked last week, Are there any limits on abortion you would find appropriate? I don't believe so, no, he replied. 
Good Lord. Oxford language defines sacred as follows, connected with God or dedicated to a religious purpose and so deserving veneration. The notion that abortion is a sacred right has been peddled by its supporters for years. In December 2021, the Planned Parenthood of Illinois website featured an article titled Abortion is Sacred, and the Supreme Court can't take that away from us. The article argued no one should be forced to stay pregnant if they don't want to. A 2019 article supporting abortion argued one life, one's life doesn't need to be part of some God's plan to be sacred. On the contrary, to be sacred, sacred, something needs to be part of the plan of a living mortal being. <sighs> wow. Some people, man, I, I, you know, I pray for them. I really do. But it seems as though they're so far past the point of no return that you're just like, Wow, you're actually, they're, they're like coming full circle, only as they're leaving the light, they're going deeper and deeper into darkness. I don't know. But anyway, what does the Bible say? Well, Jeremiah 32, 35 says, They built high places for Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom to sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech, though I never commanded, nor did it enter my mind that they should do such a detestable thing and so make Judah sin. Isn't that interesting? Oh, they're referring to Molech and the sacrificing of children. And all this is in conversation with abortion. I don't know. Just, I guess it's just the world we're living in right now, huh? I think, uh, I think what we need is a little bit more prayer and a whole lot more of Jesus. And uh, yeah, let's get in on that. Pray with me, y'all. Father God, thank you for the blessing of life and the leaders of this nation who work to ensure it is upheld. I pray for those who oppose life, and I ask that you would help them seek your wisdom and clarity to understand that the decisions they make is no less severe than taking the life of an adult. I pray for their forgiveness, but even more so, I pray they make the right decision, freeing us from the need to forgive. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all, that's it for today's episode of The Light Angle, but remember, we each have a purpose that's much greater than making a few extra dollars, feeding a temptation, or getting the last word in on a social media post. It all starts with two simple things, loving our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Hope always starts with a little light in the darkness.